If we can turn to Joshua, we're going to go Joshua 1, verse 1, and we're going to look at the first nine verses. I'm just going to read them through, um, and then at some point in the middle, I'm also going to just talk about some of the things coming up um, with us as a church. One of the things that I've been really struck by, I was actually sat down yesterday after going to the football with a few of the lads in the church, and um, was reading this sort of late last night, and I actually got quite emotional um, about a couple of bits. I'm, I'm sure you'll... Uh, as I speak on them, you'll probably pick up the vibe of it, particularly those of you that have been with us a little while. Um, kind of, as Hazel's just prayed about the Lord leading the way, and us all being on a journey, this story in Joshua is about the Lord leading the way, and the people of Israel being on a journey. Uh, the book of Exodus, which is kind of just before this, and Deuteronomy, is kind of the story of Moses leading God's people in a period of exile. They've kind of left the slavery of Egypt and um, they've crossed the, the Red Sea and then they spend this period of time wandering around. They think they've been delivered, but they spend 40 years wandering around in the wilderness. And, uh, and then we pick it up here in Joshua 1, verse 1, uh, when kind of the baton is handed over and the nation of Israel kind of enters a new chapter. There's a new, new part of the story that begins... And what has gone before is kind of part of their history, but isn't them anymore. It's kind of, there's a big shift. And I feel like for us as a church this year, there's, there's a team of us that have been meeting and gathering and praying um, for a number of sort of months really, but particularly the last couple of months, just sort of thinking about what the Lord's got next for us as Hope Church in Sittingbourne. I remember uh, on October the 21st, 2018, that's very specific, I'm good with dates, not so good with birthdays and anniversaries and my love wherever you are um, but October the 21st 2018 was the very first Sunday that um, Hope Church Sittingbourne met here as kind of as a, as a, as a public thing um, interestingly that not many other people knew about was the Sunday before that just our family met here to sort of see right what would it look like if um, if it's just our family of five that actually arrive here and no one else comes next week so we literally I'm going to move about we literally sat just there um, we got the Bible out on the table, and there was uh, Holly, there was Kai, Lewis, Natalie, and myself. We left the dog at home. They don't like us bringing the dog in. And we sat there, we opened the Bible, we read it together. We talked about, like we do here sometimes, we talked about what it meant to us, and we prayed. And then we asked God that he would begin something here in this place. And so we look back now, what are we, like four years in, something like that, a couple of years of COVID, where we weren't meeting here. And there's a lot more than five people here. Have a little look around. Um, it's not all just the Watson family. We're, we're not all kind of white British. There's, every, there's lots of different nations, lots of different generations. It's a beautiful thing. Some of you are here, long term, born and bred in Sittingbourne. Woo! Um, and, and others like us, kind of moving in from the UK, just sort of looking for cheaper housing, moving closer to France with every move. <laughs> and then there's others of you who um, have maybe arrived here from other nations migrating out from London potentially those of you that aren't here for the long term you've just moved here trying to find work in the UK um, and it's a beautiful like you kind of blend all of that together that is who we are as a people and you think the nation of Israel as we read about what we're going to read about in a moment would have been similarly a whole host of different lives and experiences and stories Israelites people that were kind of with with the, the nation of Israel but weren't Israelites um, it, just a beautiful thing, and kind of God's doing something amongst us, which is a signpost to sit in born of what he's doing in the kingdom. We're like a foretaste of the kingdom of heaven to the people that we live amongst. Um, whether you believe that or not, 
that's the truth. That's what we are. And so I still I've looked back very fondly to our time here because the story of Hope Church Sittingbourne, if you were to use one word to sum it up, we probably wouldn't as a people, but those who I know, the first thing they always ask me, how's it going in Costa? Like we are known as the Costa Church. To all of my friends, all of the other leaders I know know that we've started something new. To many of you that have joined your family probably say, does your church still meet in the Costa? It's probably the first thing because it's just a bit unique. For the nation of Israel, um, I'm going to read before, I'm getting sort of a bit ahead of myself. Let me read a bit and then I'll explain what I want to say about this. So Joshua 1 verse 1, have you got it? Okay, so it says this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. So Joshua was the leader. Uh, Sorry, Moses was the leader. Joshua was his assistant. Moses has died. Joshua is now going to lead the nation. And this is what the Lord says to him. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, you and all these people. So it's saying, not just you, but everyone that you represent. I'm calling you out. I'm calling you to move on. Into the land that I am giving to them. To the people of Israel. So it's like, this isn't just for you, Joshua. This is for the nation. This is for the tribe. This is for all of those that you represent. Verse 3. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. It's not, I will give it to you when you get there. It's, it's already yours. I have given it to you. Just as I promised to Moses. So the promises of Moses are now the promises of Joshua. They always were. They were, the, they were actually the promises to Israel. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. Now, I haven't looked on Google Maps how large that is, but all of this wilderness, which they've been wandering around for 40 years, I'm giving you that, all of this bit to the river Euphrates, that as well. And you know what? I was thinking of the Lion King when he looks and he says, everywhere that the sun touches Simba, this is the kingdom that we rule over. I don't know if you remember that. He doesn't say it's, yeah, this will all be yours. Well, this is kind of that promise. Everything you can see is yours. The Lord's saying, I've already given it to you. So I think, like, for me, I was reading this, I was just like, this is about us. All of Sittingbourne is, the Lord has already given it to us. It's his mission field. It's his. It's his territory. We're not going out claiming ground for the Lord. It's already his. If we had faith to put our feet there, it's already ours. He's already given us possession of the land. We're not at war. He's already won it. We've just got to go in. And open the door. And enter into the territory that he's already given us. The victory has already been accomplished. The promises are already there. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. That's quite a promise. No man will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. This reminded me in, uh, I think it's Matthew 28, the Great Commission. And surely I will be, be with you to the very end of the age. It's the promise of Jesus. I will be with you all the days of your life. Actually, Jesus tops that to all eternity. I will not leave you or forsake you. And then there's this great promise, which I'm sure we all know is like the 
kind of main verse that's echoed throughout Joshua. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give to them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. So it's like what went before through Moses is going to carry on. Everything that was given to Moses, kind of for us, it's this book. Be careful to do what is in it, because this is the very thing. It then goes on to say, Do not turn from the right or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. The good success comes from the obedience of the law of Moses. That which was entrusted to him, entrusted to Joshua, embodied in Jesus, entrusted to us in the spirit. Be careful to do what is in it. It, it, That is the very thing that will bless us. And then verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, For then you will make your way prosperous. Anyone want to have a prosperous way? What does it say you've got to do to get your prosperous way? Pray harder? Obey the law. Fulfill it. For us, obviously we're not under law in the same way, but we're under the law of the Spirit, which means we follow Jesus. And he obeyed the law in all of its fullness. So we don't disregard the law. We're told by the psalmist the law is perfect. It's wonderful. It's just it reveals in us our wretchedness, our sin, our brokenness. Once Jesus has dealt with that, the law's a beautiful thing. Jesus loved the law. He fulfilled the law. He's not against the law. The Holy Spirit wrote the book that the law is in. He loves the law. It's a beautiful thing. But what it reveals in sinful man is death. It reveals that we're out of kilter to the law. And so we don't fall out of, out of the law by making mistakes. Actually, that's where grace and mercy come in because we're given the opportunity to get up and go again. A bit like we would do as loving parents. You've made a mistake, hopefully in our marriages. Love, I've made a mistake. It's all right, I forgive you. Let's have another crack. So that should work anyway. It doesn't always. Verse 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So what we're going to be doing over the next few weeks. Next week, our day is going to be picking up the theme of being bold and courageous and not fearing. Um, it's going to be preached on that. The week after that, I'm going to be coming at this from a slightly different angle, kind of preaching kind of on, on the whole thing. But this morning, I just wanted to focus on a few little aspects of it and actually talk about what we feel like God's been saying to us about this next year. Because I think there's a lot of themes, particularly in this, that yesterday when I was reading it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is really, really interesting. So, after the death of Moses, so something has to die, or something has died, before something new can be embraced. Is, this, is that okay to say that? So do we see in the text that Moses, he represented kind of Israel. If you were, what is the sign? Like we said, the sign of Hope Church is probably Costa, has been historically, for those who look on. The sign of Israel was Moses, the figurehead, the one that led them out of slavery. Obviously Yahweh, the sign of the, the chosen people. But actually, if you're looking for something, it probably would be Moses. Moses encapsulated everything about the nation of Egypt. The struggle, kind of even the fact that he, he was raised Egyptian. All of this kind of is wrapped up in his story. Then all of a sudden, that's gone. Moses is dead. And there's, there's, a, there's a new time coming. They've been brought literally to the threshold of God's promise. The promised land, the place they're going to enter into. And it's a bit like that verse. A grain of wheat has to fall to the ground and die before something new can grow up. Yeah. 
And so what has happened is Moses is now dead and there's Joshua. And so the promise is wrapped up in Joshua and Joshua is kind of entrusted what's gone before, but it's all going to look different. And as I was reading this, I really felt like kind of already knowing kind of where we're going. Everything that has encapsulated who we are and what we're about is kind of wrapped up in this space in Costa. It's really interesting. Kind of, if you were thinking of Hope Church sitting on it's we, we are the Costa Church. And um, I don't know about you, look around, like there's not a lot of empty chairs, are there? So we're going to need a bigger boat, aren't we? Like, we need a bigger boat. Amen. It's quite tight. And so one of the things we've been thinking is kind of the Lord really inviting us to see what is beyond Costa, what is beyond Moses, what's in the, the next step, the next phase, the next part of the journey. And once they crossed over into this threshold of God's promise, there wasn't really a going back. They weren't going back to Egypt. They weren't going back into the wilderness. There was a sense of it's part of who we are. It's fashioned who we are. It's part of our story. We look back with it, maybe with some fondness and some challenge. But actually, we're, we're now moving into something different. And so on Sunday, the 29th of January, which is a few weeks, uh, we're going to try out a new venue. Does that sound exciting? Well, you could sound a bit more excited, right? yeah. Um, so, that we, so we've been in, in, in contact with um, uh, a venue called the Apple Yard. Some of you know it used to be called UK Paper. Uh, the Apple Yard's right next to um, Borden Grammar School. It's not the sports field. If you go there, you might get mobbed by lots of Sunday League teams. They're all playing in the changing rooms. So we're going to um, to the Apple Yard. They've got two meeting spaces. They've got one uh, which is called the Sapling Room, which is probably not a lot bigger than this. But actually the layout of it probably would work a little bit better. And then they've got another space, uh, which is called the Orchard Room, which is, I don't know if you've been in there, but that's a hall that holds about 300. It's huge. It's absolutely massive. Um, so I, I met with those guys over the, the Christmas break, went over there, had a little chat with them. They're really happy to welcome us over. Um, and so what we're going to do is go over there and we're just going to try it on for size. So what we're going to do is on the 29th of January, we're going to go and we're going to have one meeting in the Sapling Room. And then I think it's on the 19th of February, uh, I'll confirm these dates like via email, website, stuff like that. Um, sorry, I'm running out of breath, I need to breathe. It's all those burpees and star jumps. Gosh. Um, but yeah, on the 19th, we're going to meet in the, uh, in the orchard room and try that on for size. Uh, I think we'll rattle around in that one somewhat. But in faith, I was thinking even in this story, the land that the Lord gave to Israel was ridiculously beyond the size of the people that they were. It was not only the wilderness that they'd spent 40 years wandering around in circles, but it was then all of this unexplored territory. Super, super exciting. Um, it's got free parking, and there'll be tea and coffee. It won't quite be to the same standard of coffee. Maybe the tea will be. It's just a tea bag wherever you go, isn't it? But um, the coffee is going to be filled coffee, but that's not why we're going. The reason we're going is because of this thing of kind of expanse and space. Um, and so we're going to try that on, and so that's really exciting. I have got just a short little video of the sapling room that maybe you might want to see. I just took this when I went round. It was mainly to show our trustees and some of those who help us as, as a team. So it's kind of narrated, but it's not really narrated for you. It's narrated for those who are thinking like, where's all the spaces? How do we get in? So I'll just show, it's only short. Volume up. There's this like little mezzanine bit, which looks really lovely for kind of meeting above hand. And then there's this area here, what if I zoom out? Um, which we could probably fit everyone in, theatre style, would be slightly different. 
Um, but this is a, you can see, quite a nice little space for us all contained. Um, you could even actually have people sat up here at the top as well as, as that. Okay, so that, that's just a quick like, little run through. It opens up onto the car park. We're gonna, what we're going to do is basically try one Sunday in that space. And then, Louis, have you got a picture of the larger one? So this is the hall that's 300. This is taken basically halfway down the hall. Um, there's a massive stage. They have, like, boxing fights in here and all sorts of stuff. Hopefully not on a Sunday morning. But there may be some Sundays, if we decided we wanted to meet in this space, where we either don't meet, or when we do meet, I'm preaching from a boxing ring. So that would be quite fun, wouldn't it? Um, and then the next one, Louis, uh, this is kind of from that stage looking at the back of the room. So it's quite a large hall. That's got lovely acoustics when we're singing. It's got a lovely, lovely sound to it. Um, nice kind of how it's been built, like kind of the sound is good in there. But what we're going to do is try each of those venues for two Sundays. So I'll confirm the dates with you. But then what we're going to do is basically have a little bit of a uh, period of time where we're going to sort of, I guess really a bit of a public consultation to use kind of modern day language but we basically want to hear what you think about both of the spaces we want to hear what your thoughts are what you feel like the spirit's saying we'll be praying as well we'll have a, a bit of a time of prayer and fasting about all of this stuff because we want to know kind of what we're all feeling and if it feels good to us and the spirit then we'll go for it if we're starting to feel you know what having met there having prayed having tried to cut the Sunday we're not really feeling it that's not the right place then we're not going to go for it. That would be the wrong thing to do. It could be it's a stepping stone into something else, that we're there for a few months. It could be we're there for a year or two. We're not saying this is our permanent home forever. A bit like this has been home for um, two or three years out of five because of COVID. Um, the challenge is once you've moved out and you've grown a bit, it, it's a bit like when, when you're born, you're put in a cot, aren't you? Once you've left the cot, you don't really go back. You can try it, but it's a bit odd, isn't it? Um, and so it's like that with the church. As we grow, it's like being repotted. You get a plant that's grown a bit, and then you move it into a larger pot that it's rattling around in, but you hope the roots are going to grow a bit and it's going to start bearing fruit. For us, it's kind of like that. You don't really try and then repot it back in it because that stifles the growth. That, and it's, it's similar. That's why we call the church plant. Um, as part of that, this year, kind of stepping into the things of God... There's just more people. We need to create more opportunities to connect with one another. Uh, we're trying to raise up a leadership team. So we hope we've got a little group that meets kind of, we don't really pub publicise that, but there's a little group that meets of a, about sort of eight to ten of us. We have Adam Voke and Dave King come in, who some of you know are part of our family of churches. And they're basically just helping us kind of raise up a team over time. Uh, not everyone necessarily will be part of the team. There might be others that are added in. Some might say, actually, it's not the right season for me. But we're hoping over time... That will appoint elders and deacons out of that group. Maybe in a year, two years, three years, who knows. But out of that group, um, there will come kind of people that are saying, actually, I want to be responsible for what the Lord's doing in Hope Church Sitting Board. And so like Joshua was one, the Lord spoke to him and said, it's your responsibility now. Moses is gone. Are you going to lead the people? And the way you lead the people is you're faithful to this and you're faithful to me. And so that's what the Lord is sort of saying to us in this season as we transition into something new. It's not will you be faithful to Gordon or the trustees. It's will you be faithful to what you feel the Lord is saying in his word, in prayer and to us collectively. And that's why we want to go a little bit slowly to make sure we're hearing what he's saying rather than what I'm saying. Because I've exci I'm excited and I've had a couple of coffees and it's like, Gordon seems excited. Right, let's go for it. Actually, we want to make sure this is what the Lord is saying to all of us. The imagination of God is amongst his people. We all have the Holy Spirit in us, leading us, speaking to us. 
Uh, we've been really excited that God's added people onto us in recent weeks. Um, I would say don't come to sit on the benches. Come and get involved on the pitch. Come and get stuck in with, with us. Uh, help us lead. Help us uh, love sitting ball and, and engage with the town. Turn up to prayer meetings. Get involved in community. It's not always easy. Um, there's a cost. Sometimes it costs us time. We might have to move the, the times and the dates we do our shopping or things like that or some of the things we do. But it's a worthwhile cost to pay. Uh, if you want to come and just sit on the seat, you know, you know, come. A, that sounds really negative. If you want to come and be with us, you're really, really welcome. Like I've got to say that in that way. Everyone's really welcome. But if you want to come and help us move things forward, great. Like that's that's my prayer. Like that, many of us have been praying for years. Bring us people that have like got got something in God that they want to kind of see fleshed out here in Sittingbourne. Uh, we can add fuel to the fire of that. That's exciting stuff. Does that all sound okay? Okay, so, the, the reason I got emotional the other day was this thing. Moses, my servant, is dead. It's quite, just a few words, but it's like, oh my gosh. Moses, my servant, is dead. And, and it's genuinely this thing of like, we, we can't keep looking back to Moses. We can't keep looking back to everything that happened before. We, we do in some sense, but the Lord's calling us into something new. Um, some of you will be aware last year, last November um, I lost my stepdad I was thinking about this yesterday I uh, lost my stepdad, he, he died he was 86, he'd had a good innings um, but yet, grief comes, doesn't it? rightly so, as, as we grieve people I know many of you have had all sorts of losses challenges might not be bereavement sometimes it can be things like miscarriages or jobs that haven't worked out business endeavours that have failed loved ones that, where relationships have, have broken down all these sort of things, you know, or moves that haven't quite worked out, where we've moved for something and then it's not quite followed through. And there's a sense of grief, but the Lord doesn't want us to stay sat in the grief. He wants us to move forward. Um, one, one of the ways we remembered my stepdad's death, it's a bit of a weird one, um, but Charlton Athletic, they have this thing, it's a club that I go to with my son, we've got season tickets. Once a year, every year, they have a, a memorial match where they remember all of the fans that have ever died. And everyone stands up, and for a minute before the game, they all clap. We've, they've just done that for Pelé a couple of games ago, you know, sort of thing they do at football matches, sporting events. And so last year, we did that, and sort of my dad's name, stepdad's name, was on the list of people we did it for. Quite a poignant thing. But at the time, it was very difficult, because it was only been like a month before that he died. Um, just before Christmas, my... Um, uh, basically my stepbrother passed away as well and uh, we didn't make a big deal of it didn't know him very well um, but he passed away and so yesterday at the match it was the same thing and it was really interesting like standing there in the same place almost in the same seats remembering the year before and how actually the way I thought of my stepdad his passing was so different like this thing of like Moses is dead for these guys at that moment would have been huge they'd have been mourning like gosh this is like what are we going to do? And so the Lord is saying, actually, look to me, because actually it's always been me that's leading you. I'm leading you to where you've got to go. Don't stay still. And then I can imagine a year or two later, once they're in the promised land, they kind of probably thought back to Moses and thought, oh, yeah, isn't that different? The way we think is different. Grief evolves and is different if we move on from it. And so one of the things I wanted to say, because I think, Almost Moses is dead, not only is about kind of what we've had here 
isn't dead. You know, it's like it has to fall to the floor and die. It's not that it's dead and it's useless, but there's something wrapped up in it that has to fall away so that something new can emerge. And I was really struck. It's a bit left field. I don't know if it was the spirit or me, but I also thought the last two or three years have been encapsulated by the fact that, that like COVID and not being able to meet together and all of these restrictions and limitations that have been placed on us externally. And I, I also felt like that's created in us a way of thinking that limits us and holds us back. That we're a little too used to sitting in, indoors at home. We're a little too used to not get engaging with other people. We've been conditioned over two or three years to be like that. And I really felt like this was Moses is dead. Like that season's gone now. The Lord's calling us out to engage in something. He's saying, all of this place, come out of the cave. All of this place I've given to you. Everywhere you can see, I've given to you. It's all yours. You've just got to go and take it. You've got to go and put your feet in different places. The challenge is for us, we've come out of that season. And where we put our feet? Exactly back where we were before. And I feel like the word of the Lord is, put your feet somewhere else. Move. Move forward. Take new territory. Now, that's obviously, I'm talking from a a church perspective. I don't know every single one of your situations, but I really feel like the Lord is saying there's a new day for you. There's a a, a sense of each of us thinking, Lord, what does this mean for me? Where's the place that you want me to put my feet? It's like these guys, it starts with saying, and this wilderness, this wilderness I've given to you, which is where they've been wandering around for 40 years. That's a lifetime. I'm 43. All of Israel had spent 40 years wandering round in circles, having left Egypt. And then the Lord has said, right, now it's time to take new territory. I'm giving you not just where you've come from, which you know really well, that's part of it, but there's all of this lot. This is what the promise was. It wasn't what you've been wandering around. For some of us, I think we might feel like we've been wandering around for what feels like a lifetime. And the Lord is saying, would you, would you follow me? And it, and it means leaving behind some of where you've been wandering around. It, means, it might mean a job change. It might mean a house change. It might mean all sorts of changes. But it, what it doesn't mean is more of the same. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't feel like I'm taking liberties with the text. And so I feel like this season for us as a church, it, it looks like, like Adam often says, Adam Gregory, who uh, shared a couple of times this morning, He's part of our leadership team. He often says to me, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing again and again and expecting different results. And for the nation of Israel here, it would look ridiculous if they said, all right, Lord, we want a new thing, but we're just going to keep wandering around for another 40 years. There's a sense of we've got to take new ground. And that, that means we've got to hold things loosely because the things we're holding on to tightly might be the very things that are actually holding us back from going where the Lord wants to take us. And so it doesn't look like us doing that on our own. It looks like us having relationships with one another where we can all kind of speak with grace and with love and say, come on, what's the Lord got for you? What does that look like? What's the new thing that the Lord has got for you? It might look like praying with other people and making that a priority in your life. It might look like reading the Bible in the morning for five minutes rather than checking Facebook or Instagram or whatever else. Just, I'm, a, I'm a nightmare for that. First thing, phone up, and I'm checking like, what's happened in the news. And I've, lo- I've lost that time, which I could give to the Lord. Yeah, Victoria's like, Lord, I can't believe it. You're doing that. Yeah, 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 gosh. 
But the Lord has got new things for us this year. And I feel as a church, there are new things. One of the things we've been praying about is, a, is kind of a... I guess really, like the way we put it, is a visible presence in the town. That looks like going out on the street, preaching the gospel, loving people really well. Um, what it also might look like is potentially trying to acquire some sort of shop premises, be it large or small. Um, we would need a miracle for either. But where we can use it as a missional hub to serve the town, to begin to like almost have a bit of a missional hub where it's a drop-in, we can serve people, we can invite people and get to know them, refer to other services, that sort of stuff. Something the Lord's been laying on our heart for a little while. But also, potentially, there's this sense of the Lord calling us into a larger space, like a bigger boat, somewhere we can meet that's got more room in it for Sundays. Now, I would love it if we could, I don't know, the old Argos building that used to, it's just over the road from Wilco's, 75 grand a year rent, brilliant. We would need a secret millionaire for that, wouldn't we? That'd be a, plus the refit, that'd be a few hundred thousand. But I genuinely believe like what the Lord wants to give us or, or call us into isn't where we've come from and it isn't defined by who we are. So Joshua could have been like, Lord, like there and there, you're going to give us that and that and that everywhere I can see. This is, this is more than we can handle. This is more than we can feel. This, we're going to rattle around here. This, this is like too much. Like just give us that. That would be enough. And then once we feel that, then that. Like that, that would be like our, our sense of what we would do, wouldn't it? Probably. It's like, just give us what we can manage. Maybe the next thing. It would be like being given a mansion with many rooms. I think, well, half of them are going to be left empty. Um, before the school holiday, uh, sorry, before the uh, Christmas break, there, there was a bit of a prophetic word that I chatted about with Brian and Hazel, where, you know when you're a child and you're at school and you're wearing a jacket, uh, like a blazer, you have a blazer, then you have a badge on, wherever it is, Forston, Borden, Westlands, wherever. Uh, what's it now? There's a Sittingbourne school now, and it's had about four names since we've been here. Um, the Sittingbourne school. But you have a blazer, and you buy your child a new blazer, and it's always too big for them. And the hope is, is that by the end of the school year, that blazer will probably just about fit or be too small. Um, and then you'll get a new one, and the same thing happens. I, I genuinely felt like this place is a bit tight-fitting for us now. We're all kind of a bit tight in it. And what the Lord wants to give us isn't something that fits nice and neat and tidy, but it's something that we're actually going to grow into. A bit like a larger plant pot. something that we're going to fill out and we're going to grow into over time. And, we're going to, and, and when we're there and we try it on, it could actually feel a little bit like, oh, hang on a minute, this is a bit uncomfortable. It's a bit too big. It's a bit too, uh, a bit too big for us. Quarter past 11, we ought to wrap things up from there. So what, what I would love us to do, because I recognise for some of you, you, this might be your first Sunday with us. Uh, for others of you, you've been here since day one, and, uh, and you'll be like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. Um, and others of you will be like, oh, I don't know what this means. For, like, my, I love my flat white every Sunday morning. Can I have a flat white? Sadly, you won't be able to have a flat white unless you come here extra early and then bring it with you. Um, but what we, we'll flesh out over the next couple of weeks what, what it's going to look like, just these two little kind of, I guess really like scouting missions, you know, like in the Old Testament they'd send the scouts out to scout out and spy out the land, that's kind of what we're doing um, but it's going to require change, like it's going to require some of us to, to turn up a little earlier and help out with some of the teams, it might require us setting up some bits and pieces or putting some bits away
Perhaps, shall I just pray? Is that a good way to end this? Yeah, I'll just pray.